Hey everyone, welcome to the first official Wave podcast. I'm Nick. I run Cowboys Wave and Broncos Wave on Instagram, and I have Owen and Austin with me. Would you guys want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm the I'm the creator of Highlights Wave. I run it on a daily basis. I also run the uh, Greatest Highlights Facebook page as well. So if you want to check any of those out, um, you know, you're free to do so. Yeah, that's Austin, and then Owen. Uh, my name's Owen. I run Six of Wave. It's got about like 40k. Started it a few years ago. Uh, very excited to be joining this podcast. And yeah, let's get started. All right, good stuff, boys. So let's talk about NBA Finals and playoffs. I guess. So I'll go first with my prediction. Uh, before the finals started, honestly, I was saying Warriors and four, but now that they're up one zero, game two tonight, I gotta say Warriors and five. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So that one, uh, that one's a little interesting because I think that, you know, one thing I was talking to Owen earlier about was just, you know, earlier this earlier this year, um, you know, I'm sure we all followed the regular season just as uh, just as much as we do the playoffs. But uh, you know, if you can remember back, the Raptors actually smacked the Warriors without Kawhi, and at that moment when they, I think they won by about twenty I do twenty-five at Oracle too. At Oracle, and uh, I, I, can't, I strictly remember that game because I think I, I bet the Warriors. So, uh, you know, that, that game had me triggered. And, and just seeing that, just the way that that bench matched up with the Warriors bench is just, you know, the, the one thing about the Toronto Raptors is they got players on that bench that can create their own shots. They can go get their own, you know. Van Fleets, he's in his bag right now. Ibaka, he's, he's, he's been around. He's been doing this for years. And it's just like, when you look at that Warriors bench, it's just, it's in a way, it's kind of pathetic. I mean, yeah, they do, they do have their roles, but when you put them on the court by themselves and you don't have Curry out there or Clay out there or KD out there to help them out and, you know, help them create their shots, it's just, it's, it's, it's not good. I mean, Livingston's a shell of himself. Iggy's banged up right now. I mean, Quinn Cook is, I mean, a Walmart Steph Curry over here. And it's just, I, I don't see it. And I think that has a huge, huge role in this series. And, you know, one thing that the Raptors have done, you know, over the years is very similar to Milwaukee is the way they've kind of built their kind of prototypical player. And, uh, you know, their, their team is very, very long. They're very athletic. You know, I, I always hear people say, oh, Toronto's not talented. And I, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, they might not have, you know, a ton of lottery picks, but, you know, all the questions that, you know, we had over these players like Pascal Siakam, they've already been answered. So, I mean, at this point, Pascal Siakam, he's, he's no longer a 28th pick. He's an absolute beast who's answered every question he's had. He's got a great three-point shot, and... I just think that over time in this series, I think that bench is going to have a huge role and, you know, they can go get their own buckets. So I, I think uh, I'm going to have to say at first I said, I said Warriors in seven. I'm starting to talk myself out of that one and I'm going to go ahead and lock in rock or uh, rap. All right. Seven. One thing I want to say Nick. real quick. One second. You guys mentioned that the Raptors destroyed Golden State at home, but never forget when Dirk dropped 21 and the Mavericks beat the Warriors 126 to 91. Oh, yep, they did. They did. And not only what was so crazy about that game, as I remember it so, so vividly, was they 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 won that first half Let's by see. like they scored 37 in like the first two quarters. Both both quarters they scored yeah. 37. That's so insane. yeah, it was it was absolutely ridiculous and. Uh, I mean, even in the second half, I remember because um, 
a buddy of mine was actually he took the the Dallas Mavericks to win the second half outright. Mm-hmm. So so that's like what plus seven hundred odds because when the Warriors are down twenty at half, I mean every bookmaker in the world's gonna say okay they're gonna at least come back yeah. somewhat into this game. So uh, yeah, I mean they they won both halves of that game. They completely dominated them and. You know, one thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about either is, you know, the Warriors can be some slow, slow starters. I mean, they, I mean, every single game in the Portland series, they lost the first half. And if it wasn't for Portland's just pathetic display of basketball, I mean, they probably wouldn't have let them off the hook the way they did. And I think, uh, I think that gave the Warriors a false sense of security. I think that, you know, coming over to Portland and steamrolling them the way they did, you know, I don't think, you know, and yes, I, I will give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, I, you know, coming from a Nuggets fan, I truly do not think Portland's a very good team. I think that, you know, the Denver Nuggets pretty much beat themselves two out of four of those games that they lost. And, uh, you know, I think I think Portland kind of had a, a nice little free free little, you know, reign to the uh, Western Conference Finals. And don't get me wrong, they, they performed. They played outstanding, but... Uh, you know, I think I think Portland gave the Warriors a false sense of security in the sense, all right, we're a real team, Toronto. These guys are confident. They got leadership. Danny Green's made for it. He's been in the finals before. I mean, it's only a matter of time before he goes to where's Danny Green. So, on your Raptors. All right, let's hear your prediction. Well, I'm gonna pick the Raptors today to go up 2-0. I'll put like this. I'll, wait, I'll oh, so now you have Raptors in seven. Yep, yep, Raptors in seven. I've, I've completely Ooh, talked okay. myself out of it. <sighs> and that's well, if okay, well, does not play, which we are all assuming, okay, Katie is not Well, Chris play. Haynes, Chris Haynes reported that uh, Kevin Durant might be back game four. So if he's back Ooh. game four, KD, okay. you still have Raptors in yes. seven? Um, yes, I do. I do. I think it will be too late. I think if, if, if Toronto wins game two and takes, you know, somewhat control of the series and you know, goes to Oracle with not much pressure. I mean, obviously, every game's a huge pressured situation, but I think if they win game two, it allows themselves to sit back, be confident, and, you know, play with a lot more freedom and just overall just, I think they'll just be a lot more themselves. Here, Owen, let me ask you. Someone asked me this question the other day. Do you think the Warriors are a better team without Katie? No, I think that whole entire notion that the Warriors are better than KD is just blasphemous, okay? Thank I brought my Stephen so right there. I agree. It's, okay, look, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the Warriors are 0-4 in the last four NBA final games without KD. I understand, mm. like, the numbers that uh, Warriors have a better record without KD, but those same numbers said that Luke Wong's a better coach than Steve Kerr. Facts. So, I mean, it's just, it's... I mean, it's easy to say that the Warriors are better without KD, but I mean, it's just, no, it's just wrong. You know, one thing I think is a huge factor, and I thought those were some amazing, amazing points there. I think that anyone who thinks that a team, you know, is better without one of the best players in the world is just ridiculous. I think it's a statement, you know, that just, it's just like, it's one of those statements where you know it's, you know, the person who's making it is like, the kind of guy who literally just looks at a stat, you know, a stat sheet at the end exactly. of the game. You it's know? the it's like, it's the There's hater. so much more that comes into, like, basketball than just a stat sheet. I mean, look at Draymond Green. I mean, I don't think I've ever became more of a Draymond fan than I have this last year. I mean, the dude is underrated, completely underrated. He does everything that doesn't show up on a stat sheet, and he does everything 
show up on a stat sheet. So it's like he does it all. He's a leader. He comes at you. You don't want to play against him. And you know what? He does it. He literally does it all. So uh, I'm I'm going to disagree right there. I think Draymond is just right. I mean, you think he's underrated, and I see why because all the the everything that shows up that's not on a stat sheet. Exactly. But the players voted him like what, like the second most overrated player in the league, I think. Him, Ben Simmons, like Russell Westbrook, I think a lot of that and the players vote. Business, but and just jealousy. But I, I do agree. I do. I think I do oh. think you have some good points. But like you put Draymond as the number one option, like on the I'm like what um like Suns or just like a Hawks or like a really bad team. And is he gonna? do the same production, put up the same numbers as he is with the Warriors right now? I don't think so. Absolutely. I think that'd be... In my opinion, really I, think, I think absolutely. And here's why. I think Draymond is the type of guy who can fit well with a lot of different styles of play. You know, you have your type of prototypical Steph Curry run and gun, shoot the lights out. Shoot the lights out. Oh, I'm sorry, I just choked. Um, and I just think, okay, you put that with him, that works. You put KD with him, that works. And then, okay, you put a whole different team with him. And guess what you have? You have a completely different style of play. And, uh, you know, I think Draymond's a really adaptive player. I think that, you know, he knows the game of basketball really well. I don't think, you know, I, I in my opinion, Draymond Green is Dennis Rodman on steroids. And, and I, comp- I, I full-heartedly, you know, think that. Here, Austin, going off of what you were talking about, Steph Curry's, like, gunning. So, I have a cool stat for you. So, Steph Curry averages 24 field goal attempts per game uh, throughout the playoffs. And Fred Van Vliet, who's playing defense on him in game one, limited him to 18 field goal attempts. So, if he does the same thing tonight, obviously, Steph Curry won't have as many points. So, where are they going to get their points from tonight? Okay, so, I don't want to go off topic because that was an outstanding question, but... You really got me thinking, and you really got me thinking on the other side of things where you got Kawhi Leonard. And if if I'm the Warriors, I'm letting Kawhi Leonard go off. I'm saying, okay, Kawhi, let's not let Pascal be Spicy Pete. Let's not let Serge Ibaka be OKC Serge Ibaka. I mean, these are things that we can do to stop this team. And, and Kawhi Leonard going off, is not is I mean it's just it, when you let Kawhi kind of play his game and then you let okay Pascal Siakam okay um, Fred Van Fleet Marcus Soul you have a lot of options to where okay now when Kawhi Leonard it's third quarter he's a little bit more under the radar and I just think focusing on the other players outside of the Raptors and saying okay we're gonna let Kawhi drop 30 40 points that is okay Kawhi is not gonna beat us. And uh, yeah. I don't think the Warriors did that last game. And, you know, I, I think, you know, to your point where you asked, you know, where's the points going to come from? And uh, that's that's really what concerns me with the Warriors. And that's what makes me think, OK, the Raptors have a legit chance because, you know, one thing that's always been so lethal with this team was, you know, you could just throw in a couple bench players with, OK, Steph Curry and Clay. Give KD a rest. Give Boogie a rest. But let's just throw in Jurebko. Let's just throw in Quinn Cook. Then, yes, they do have, you know, great role players. Kevon Looney, who does his role very well. I actually think, you know, in my opinion, he's probably the best bench player on the Warriors. But, um, you know, they're all very, very stylistic, you know, type players who, you know, they can't really get their game going without outside, you know, like KD and, and Steph and Clay. And, you know, I, I think that is a concern. 
And, you know, if, if you get another game with Iggy dropping four or five points and, you know, Boogie's over there on the bench just looking a complete shell of himself, you're going to see the same exact thing you saw today or, or you saw in game one. And uh, over time, I just don't think Steph's going to be able to do it by himself because, uh, you know, Clay Thompson is going to have a tough, tough task with us. Uh, you know, Danny Green is one player who I, another player who I think is underrated. Um, you know, he actually had, I think it was, and, and I don't know where this stat finished at the end of the year, but there was a point in the season, and this was about halfway through, where Danny Green had the best real plus minus in the NBA. I mean, when he, Toronto was at their very best. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that that intensity that he brings in the playoffs will it will keep Clay at bay, and it'll it'll really force him to play, you know, to, to to just worry about both sides of the the ball. And you know, people you know love this shit on Kyle Lowry, but he's an elite defender, and uh, I just think that backcourt's gonna have a little bit of you know trouble, you know, as the game goes on. But you know, Steph will get his, Clay will get his. You know, they they each, you know, Steph went off last game. Clay, you know, had a decent game, but. You know, I, I just, I, I hate to, you know, keep talking. Oh, you cut out a little bit. Yeah. Here, Owen, let me ask you. So, uh, going off of what Austin was saying, what is sustainable about the Raptors' success? Is Swag, or Spicy P's success uh, sustainable? Well, me and, uh, or Austin and I were talking about this a little bit earlier that, uh, game six uh, in Milwaukee or against Milwaukee, they just hit like Fred Van Fleet hit a crazy roll around three, roll around the rim three, and Kawhi hit a crazy three that shouldn't have gone in. Kawhi made a river shot. Yep. Kawhi, um, game seven against Philly. I'm a Philly fan. This hurts to say, but like how he just that <laughs> four double, like four bounces. I get sad thinking about it, but um, I just think it, like luck has a little bit to do with it because. Those are all 50-50 shots that all went in, all three of them. And without those three shots, I don't think they are where they are. Like, I don't think they are in the finals at all. I think game seven, round two, it goes to overtime. Philly ends up winning. I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's. I just think. I, you know to, what? I do have to say, I do, I do think that if that game does go to overtime, that Philly would have ended up winning. I mean, obviously, no one, you know, time you know no one knows yes it's but, uh, speculation it's but all still. speculation but I, I do agree with that i mean you know philly pretty much beat themselves in that game and i mean they had opportunity Gosh. after opportunity so uh you know i do think yeah. that they could have shocked the world and you know in toronto in game seven and you know i just i think this series is going to be i think it's going to be a series where we don't see someone break home court until i don't know game five four i, I think think golden state gets it done you know game three game four but you know it you know, back to what so you no said earlier wins. you know when kd comes back you know it, it could be too late you know if they go up 2-0 you know all it really takes is one win in golden state and it's pretty much over well yeah. it's the uh like it this people say the series doesn't start until the away team wins and i'm i stand by that 100 i think this series isn't going to start until either Warriors win tonight, or Raptors win at Oracle. Uh, and what's so funny about that statement you just said? 
is everyone thought the Bucks were 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 just you know cash them in the finals after they went up 2-0. But the reality was I thought they were unstoppable. The reality yeah. of it was, you know, they, they went to double overtime with that team. You know, they went to war. They put up a great fight on the road, and you know the series didn't even start until you know until Toronto came into Milwaukee Game Five and, and just exactly. Here, I have another cool stat for you guys. So you guys would say Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart are probably the top guard defenders in the league, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, I there's definitely a lot. There's so much, like, you know, one thing that I really just can't stop talking about nowadays is just, like, the talent in the league is just ridiculous nowadays. I mean, yeah. the young talent, you know, what I think in the outlook of next year, there's going to be a lot of players who come around and really start to, you know, cement themselves in the NBA. I'm just, just I just think, you know, it's just a great time to be an NBA fan, and think there's a lot of talented young guards out there but you know one that really sticks out to me is you know and and I I know I am biased on here too but uh you know I I think Gary Harris's two-way play has been super super crucial for Denver I don't think you go you know from from 30th in three-point defense to first without a few anchors on defense you know without a few guys who you can really trust to pick up your you know your best guard and uh, I don't mm-hmm. think Gary Harris gets enough respect in that, you know, kind of category is, you know, Gary Harris picked up a big load this year. You know, obviously his stats were not good. Obviously he had some injuries, but, you know, he did a lot of things that, you know, like like I mentioned before, they don't show up and, uh, you know, on the stat sheet. And you know, I think Gary Harris is one of the most underrated two-way players in the game. And, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he progresses next year because, he he really did. He really lost a season this year with all the injuries, and uh, you know I'm a big fan of him, and you know I just think that you know it'll be a really pivotal year for him. Yeah, I agree. So going back to Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart, the stat is so for every 100 Warriors possessions, when Marcus Smart or Patrick Beverly are guarding Curry, per 100 possessions they av- they allow Curry to score 30 points. Fred Van Vliet allows Curry to score 10 points per 100 possessions, three wow. times as left as Beverly and Smart. So do you think Van Vliet is the X factor in the series playing defense? Honestly, Fred Van Vliet is the X factor offensively and defensively. I mean, the stat you just brought up is crazy. I didn't even know that. Like, I, that's, mm-hmm. that's honestly crazy. Like, that's defense. But on offense, I mean, he's relocating off the ball to create easy passing lanes. And the Warriors need to keep a constant track on it. So, I just think that very underrated uh, fan favorite, Fred Van Fleet, is definitely the X Factor, for sure. I mean, I, you can make a strong, strong case about that, too. It's not just like, you know, that's not just a question-answer type of type of deal. I mean, that's that's, that's a very, very good point. I mean, he, he puts up starting numbers off the bench. I mean, no one else on that Toronto Raptors bench really does that. I mean, I mean, if you really think about it, Toronto plays – seven you know eight guys I mean yeah you know Powell comes in for a few minutes McCaw's coming in for a few minutes um but you know Van Fleet Ibaka those are those those are those are their main guys off the bench and uh yeah I I 100% agree that Van Fleet is the X factor because of that reason and uh when you look at that deep in in my opinion talentless bench of the uh Golden State Warriors who kind of play I don't know 10 11 12 guys sometimes um you know Van Fleet can really outplay multiple players and uh you know, I think that if he plays well today you know you know that's that's really interesting and it'll be super super interesting to see how Curry plays on Van Fleet again 
you know, obviously it's so a let me small talk sample size. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, no worries. It's just a small sample size, right? Because they haven't. They've only played what three times this year. Is that? Is that? I believe it's over Curry's career. Oh, okay. Actually. So that's interesting. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Damn. Yeah, to bring out some other defenders, Aaron Fox average or lets Curry score forty. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander lets him score forty. Shea's gonna be a Avery problem. Bradley. Yeah. Even Seth Curry allows his brother to score 50 points per 100 That's possessions. Insane. And John That's Collins insane. lets him score 75 points per 100 possessions. That is That's insane. insane. Oh. Yeah. But to talk about the X factor for the Golden State Warriors now, to be honest, I think it's Andre Iguodala based off this stat. There were three players that played defense on Kawhi in game one, and Kawhi only scored, what, 21 points? Yeah. Yeah, so Andre Iguodala had 35 matchups against him. Klay Thompson had, had 19, and Kevon Looney had 10. So I think if Andre Iguodala can keep clamping Kawhi, that's going to cause some serious problems, and then they're going to need some extra firepower from Lowry, Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Gasol, and that can be pretty inconsistent sometimes. So who do you guys think is the X factor for the Warriors? Awesome, you got this one. I'll go next. All right, so, uh, you know, looking back and just talking, you know, what I was just saying about, you know, I don't want to shit on the Warriors bench because, you know, obviously I, I think it's very subpar compared to, you know, some benches in the NBA, but, you know, they, they do know, you know, what it takes to be a champion. And, yeah, they might not have the most talent. Yeah, they might not be able to, you know, put up, you know, 15, 17, 18 points, you know, on a nightly basis, like, you know, some of the players on the, you know, Raptors bench can, but... In, in my opinion, the X factor in that game is, you know, coming off the bench, you know he's not going to start. Boogie has got to go. You know, he's at least got to have somewhat of a threat. You know, you, you've got to have something back because Boogie back. was pathetic last game. I mean, he had three points. He was a complete non-factor. He came in, he fouled, and he pretty much left. I mean, there was nothing you saw to Boogie and – uh you know, it's not just Boogie. I think uh, Kevon Looney is a huge factor as well. And I just think those big men off the Warriors bench, they really, really have to show up because, like I said earlier, Toronto has built this team off of length and off of three-point shooting. And, you know, I think that length down low is going to really start to get to them. You know, Draymond's undersized as it is. They don't really have an anchor down low. And when you mix in Gasol, Siakam, I mean, Kawhi Leonard can out-rebound just about anyone on the Warriors. And then you got, you got Ibaka off the bench. It's just, it's a lethal, lethal combination right now that they got. And uh, I think I think Looney and, and, and Cousins are definitely the X-Factors. Here's the thing about Boogie, though. Like, like you said, um, honestly, Boogie doesn't fit how the Warriors play offensively and defensively. And I, like, you could say he's not 100%, which I understand, but... I, he, he was the best center in my opinion before he got injured and now he's putting up what like three points it's it's honestly sad and he needs to step up or he's want to win yeah exactly another player people aren't talking about is Gasol he dropped 20 points game one yeah he did that's, he did yeah. I mean that's his best that was his best career game as a Raptor in my opinion same with same with Pascal Siakam I mean Marcus Gasol and Pascal both had their best career games in game one uh, as a Raptor in career in game one, and I, that's why I have Warriors in five. I just think that they, I don't think they're going to do that again. So, uh, I mean, yeah, one thing I'll good, say about Siakam be- is he's not a fluke. I mean, I, I, I'll have to give myself some credit here. I've been literally 
I have been talking Siakam up since the end of last year when he was kind of coming around and, you know, finally getting some sustainable minutes and most improved player for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think he is a absolute problem. He's got a great shot. He's super, super touchy around the rim. He, you know, Siakam almost reminds me a little bit of like, obviously they have completely different play styles, but around the rim, take a little athleticism out of Jokic. I mean, Siakam's got that nice touch around the rim. He can put up a hook shot. He can put up a finger roll. He can slam one down, but I think Siakam's super, super touchy. He's super skilled, and I think his level of play is sustainable. Obviously, 14 of 17 is ridiculous. That's about, you know, 80-plus percent but uh, or, or, or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I think he can play at a high level all games in this series. The fact that... Ryan Colangelo picked Timothy Luwawu Cabarro and Furkan Korkmaz one spot before Pascal Siakam just makes me so mad. Like, it literally haunts me to this day how we could have Pascal. Yeah. He had a lot of questions about him coming out of the draft. I mean, a lot of things is just just a complete new player when they're given the opportunity. I mean, when you really put the investment in a player, give them the usage that they need to develop. I mean, Siakam is just, he, in my opinion, man, he's got it all as far as the power forward goes. For sure. Yeah. Also, you guys mentioned earlier in the podcast how the Raptors blew out the Warriors 113-93 in December. Uh in that game, Curry didn't play, Cousins didn't play, Draymond didn't play. So I'm not sure if we could use that. That is another thing to think about. Yeah. And it was December. Yeah. Kawhi, yeah, none of them played. That's right. Dude, you just got to throw out the regular yeah, season. You're, you're absolutely right on that one. And I, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, now, you know, that's my fault. I completely did not, you know, consider that earlier. But, oh, uh, no. But, you know, obviously, Kawhi but you're still didn't considering play. that the Mavericks beat them by like almost 40 points later in the season. Like they're beatable. Yeah, it's they're just a beatable team. I think that I think there's a lot of people and there's a lot of teams that are starting to come around and figure out what makes them so successful. But you know, when it comes down to the playoffs and when it comes down to the finals, they're built for this. They know what it takes. They they know all the emotional roller coaster of just they they know how it's you know what it takes to win a championship. They've been there and you know, when, when you when you go down 10 points at half, you know, they, they handle it in a complete different way than almost any other team will handle it. And uh, I just think there's no give with the Warriors. I think they very well could have came back in that first game. And, you know, it's a tough series. And obviously, we all have our opinions. But, you know, it, it is pretty much 50-50. I mean, there's a reason why bookmakers are making this, you know, series pretty much even odds, um, you know, between the two. And, uh you know, I think it'll be it'll be super, super important to just, you know, get that bench going. And I, I think, you know, if anything, what that curry what that stat that you just mentioned, Nick, was, you know, no Kawhi, no Curry, no KD. Pretty much bench versus bench. We're talking role players versus role players. And that 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 beatdown just pretty much proves that, okay, take away the stars and, and obviously we're we're taking a lot more from the Warriors, but uh I think Kawhi did play that game. I don't think Curry played. Yeah. And the December game? But hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I think I'm that, looking at it. Maybe. They played, I need to look. No, they, yeah. they beat him twice, though. 
They beat them twice. They did beat them twice, but it was pretty early in the season. So, and so much has changed. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna... I just don't think you can consider the regular season, especially now. No, I wouldn't June. consider the regular so season as too much, other than the fact that it's just we're we're talking stylistically. Like obviously, when it gets to the playoffs, emotions start to you know start to kick in a lot higher. But you know, when we're talking about how the style of play that the Raptors you know, match up with the Warriors, I think it's a lot more favorable than other teams. I mean, look at Denver. I mean, in my opinion, Denver just, they did not match up well with the, with the, uh, with the Warriors this year. And, and you saw that in the regular season. And yeah, obviously the regular season is, isn't much. You know, I, I do think that there are a lot of things that you should take away from them. And, you know, they are games for a reason. And, you know, I, I do think they are a factor. And people say, okay, hey, the regular season doesn't matter. But guess what? Toronto could very well win an NBA championship because of one single regular season game. I mean, that's the difference between Toronto playing in Toronto Game 7 and or, or Golden State playing Golden State in Game 7. And that, that Mavericks game you're talking about, all these games we're talking about that, you know, people very well will say don't matter, they matter. They matter a lot. They matter so, so much to players like Fred Van Fleet, players like Marcus Gasol, who, who came over from Memphis mid-season. That is not an easy thing to do, especially on a playoff team with a new coach. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think if Marcus Gasol stays another year, you'll see a much, much, much better, you know, version of him. But uh, I think it does matter. I think that, you know, it just shows that stylistically the Raptors, you know, they can compete with the Warriors, although it doesn't show that, you know, in pressured situations that they're going to, you know, stay confident and calm. But, you know, they showed it in game one. They they weathered the storm. The Warriors went on some runs. They cut back into that game multiple, multiple times. You almost thought, okay, this game's going to the wire. But uh, like I said, they weathered the storm, and I think that, you know, as this as this series goes on, we're gonna really, really see what these players on the Raptors are made of. Okay, this team's locked in right now, but we're gonna see when they go to Oracle Arena. Okay, we're ready for this moment, or okay, maybe we 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 need another year. And uh, I'm just so interested. I'm I cannot wait for this game, man. I know I'm just going on and on, but I couldn't be more. Let's talk about game two. So, what are the keys? Uh, let's let's finish up with this last topic. So, I'm going to talk about the keys for both teams to win tonight's game. And my keys for both teams directly correlate with each other. The Raptors need to do what they did in Game One and limit Curry to as of, like the lowest amount of shots possible. Because Curry's going to make shots. He's going to make contested shots, any kind of shots. So, you lower the amount of shots he takes. Devon Looney, the bench is going to have to start taking more shots, and they're not going to make shots like Curry. Warriors need to make sure that they have an offensive game plan to get the backcourt going. Sure. And then the Raptors need a game plan to make sure that the backcourt doesn't get going. So that's my keys to game two. I think Iggy on offense needs to step up because he shot 12 of 25 from three in the Houston series, and that's 48%. He's not hit a three-pointer mm-hmm. since. So if you get Iggy going on offense, because you already know he's going to uh, be reliable on defense. But if you get him going on offense, I think the Warriors will be good. And you honestly, I think the Warriors are going to come out game two tonight. Score prediction, 110-98. Warriors win. Um, 
they had before game one, they had ten days off, and they had That's ten turnovers in the. Yeah, it's a huge factor. It's and they also had ten turnovers in the first half, which will not happen again. And I just think um, if everything goes right, not even if everything goes right for the Warriors, but if they do th- what they're supposed to do, that the Warriors are going to win game two, tie the series one one, and it's going to be a good series. It already is. If I can throw out one more thing, the turnovers was something I wanted to mention earlier. Yeah, the Raptors had 10 turnovers and the Warriors had 17 turnovers. So that was a big thing. And then Iguodala shot 3 for 7 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, like you said. Oh, yeah, no. Minus 8 yeah. and 6 points. And that just absolutely killed them. So my score prediction, 99-97 Warriors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I think it will be... Uh, I think I, I agree it will be a little bit more of a low-scoring kind of game. I think that... You know, Toronto will definitely try to slow the pace down. And, you know, one thing I really took away from that Milwaukee series was, wow, do they play an interesting style of basketball. It is so, so interesting to see because they don't go around. I mean, if you saw the Milwaukee series, all you needed to see was a, a damn minute of the game. I mean, Milwaukee was just it was almost like the classic Spurs. I mean, they were passing the ball six, seven, eight, nine times before they were even attempting a shot. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Milwaukee couldn't hit shots late in that series. But, um, you know, when you look at the way that Toronto plays, they play so odd. It's crazy. I mean, they pass the ball once or twice before creating a shot. Kawhi dribbles the ball around. They damn near pick and roll every single time down the court. They slow it down. They get a shot late in the shot clock. That's, you know, a good high percentage shot. And it's just, it's crazy to see them play that kind of game and be so successful, especially with the way that the NBA is today with it just being, you know, so much more fast paced. And just seeing the way the Toronto Raptors play that half court offense is pretty awesome. I mean, Kawhi Leonard just, he, you know, they said that, you know, Stephen A mentioned that, you know, when, when Kawhi was coming to Toronto, that, he really appreciated that Toronto was so open to, you know, his ideas and just how he wanted to play basketball. And, you know, it's really paying off right now. And, you know, I said it all year long. I mean, Nick can even attest to it. I mean, I have been saying all year Kawhi should stay. There's no better place that he should be in right now. You don't want to be on three teams in three years as it is, you know, with that kind of legacy. And it's just like, you get the total package in Toronto. I mean, Kawhi's a quiet guy. He's a chill guy. I mean, Toronto's a great place. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to stay. And, uh, you know, I think that it'll be just a great, great kind of, you know, start of something bigger. I think that he can really elevate that franchise, really, you know, have a country behind him. And, you know, if you, if you took Kawhi Leonard plus what I think it was like, Kawhi Leonard what was so interesting he was plus like five, six hundred to stay with Toronto when the year started. I mean, that's that's a bet that could be very, 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 very valuable in a in a couple months. But um, you know, I think Kawhi would be crazy to go to LA. I think it'd be I think it'd be a ridiculous move. Um, you know, it's obviously not the popular opinion, but you know, I think he's got something really special going in Toronto. He's got a whole country that supports him and uh. You mean he's already the best Raptor of all time? So, yeah. Sorry to cut you You're off, good? but I totally agree. To move off, to his idea to move to LA is just to build his brand. But he's building his brand yeah. in Toronto. Like, it's the biggest city in Canada, one of the biggest cities in North America. Like, what else? Do you need? Everyone, in Canada. Yeah, loves and they care so much more. 
I promise you they care so much more about basketball than a Clippers fan would. I mean, if the Clippers were to suppose, okay, say the Clippers won a fucking playoff game, they would be hyped and then they would be at Starbucks five minutes later. I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype, but like, I mean, they're moving on. There's things that go on. I mean, it's just like, I just feel like the overall, like, just popularity in Toronto and Canada for basketball is becoming global. I think it's reaching more than, you know, we could have ever imagine in this short period of a time. And, you know, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting decision to see where Kawhi goes, but I think he'd be crazy not to stay. Yeah. As a Nuggets season ticket holder, I go to every game and the videos that I saw outside of Scotiabank Arena after game one gave me chills. Yeah. Like there's tens of thousands it gave me of chills people too, surrounding bro. It's that. so interesting that you said we fucking agree, dude. It was insane. Yeah. When they were doing the Canadian national anthem, man, I was like, dude, I almost had my jaw dropped. It was just like goosebumps. It was goosebumps, man. It was Nuggets fans. It would, never they would know. never, man. It's just like it is a whole it's almost like when you go on YouTube and you look up like you know, all those, like, European teams that just have, like, you know, the craziest fans that are, you know, shooting fireworks in the, in the arena, and just going <laughs> yep. nuts and just throwing shit. It's just, like, it reminds you of that. It reminds you of that true just, you know, just passion that you have for your team. And, you know, it's it's almost like I said, it's like what, whatever that Greece team is, I think it's, like, Pathy Anakos or something, and it's just, like, man they go hard for their team and you don't see that in america you really don't yeah really quick um touching on the Kawhi, like staying in toronto i'm completely on your guys' side i mean i think we all agree that toronto's the best fit for Kawhi. uh i mean the raptors have already shown them that they're gonna have the willingness to make big moves and they're gonna allow them to keep building around Kawhi and I just and Kawhi's already made the finals in year one all after missing like 20 yeah, games. That, that has elevated his stature in the league by I, I don't even think people realize how like big of a deal this is I mean Kawhi Leonard for a year was oh, forgotten Austin, Austin you cut out a little oh sorry did I cut out repeat that Austin you cut right, out a little so bit so like more. you know one thing that I think is so important about this playoff series is just like Kawhi Leonard's stature has never his stock is just crazy right now I mean you see what he's doing right now and it's just you know one thing I've always just noticed about the NBA rather than even any other league you know as far as you know professional sports in America goes is they have such a short-term memory it is ridiculous I mean think about Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook goes from being loved to being hated to being loved to being hated in the <laughs> yep. span of four years I mean I mean that's a real thing I mean people forget that Portland was sweeped by a six seed in the most embarrassing fashion in franchise history a year ago. I mean, it took one buzzer beater in a playoff series for everyone to forget that and think that, okay, Dame Lillard is the second coming of God. So, you know, one thing that I really think is is so big with this series is, man, people really did forget about Kawhi Leonard. When he sat out, when he played those games with, with San Antonio, you know, people forgot about his utter dominance. And when, you know, he was resting in, you know, regular season games, you know, not playing back-to-back, people really forgot the true dominance of Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, it's no different than, like, LeBron James. I mean, 
you know it's you know it's performing at this time of year can never be better for your brand and uh i don't think it matters where you are what's just so interesting to me is you know how like you don't play sports for a while you get really rusty at it that's like true with anything Kawhi took almost two years off from the nba and he just came back like he never stopped it's so he got better i feel like yeah and i think it's smart i mean think about it if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna have the second seed anyways and you're gonna end up having you know home court advantage in the finals why not rest back to back i mean if you're playing if you're playing miami on a fucking back to back from from orlando who cares man take a day off it's okay like Kawhi leonard knows his body like no other and I was listening to Nick Nurse the other day, and he was saying the same exact thing he's saying. He manages his own body in the game. He says, Coach, um, you know, take me out or, or put me back in. He knows himself. And, uh, you know, people people love to have their stereotypes over Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, he's really, really cementing his legacy this season. And uh, it'll be so interesting to see just the way Toronto builds this team because – you know, they've always been a team where it's it's almost like the Oakland Athletics in the MLB where it's almost like we're here to profit. We're not here to, you know, go all in on, you know, it's more of a business rather than a, you know, a franchise that strives to, to you know, to win every year. And, uh, you know, to see Toronto commit to winning is, is awesome. I think it's 100% necessary if you want to keep Kawhi Leonard and I just think the overall buzz for keeping Kawhi just proves that we're here we're committed and we're not finished you know what I'm saying I mean if you're telling if, if there's every restaurant in Toronto saying you're gonna eat for free you're committed to winning okay you're literally committed to winning so I think mm-hmm. it's a huge factor and I think uh, I think Kawhi Leonard has a very 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 easy decision this offseason yeah, I do too. So, are there any other topics you want to touch on before we wrap it up? I think, um, I think that should be it for this episode. I mean, we're on like what, like fifty yeah. minutes, and I think yeah. for the first ever episode, we all did great. We're excited for the uh, for the future for sure. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, and if anyone's it. listening, you know, obviously this is our first podcast. We're gonna suck, you know, looking back at this as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, but um. You know, we're going to get better at this and we're going to, you know, we're, we're having a lot of fun with this. But, um, you know, one thing I will add, you know, Nick was making a ton of great stats. And, you know, my little stat of the day, I guess I'll say was, you know, pay attention to those Steph Curry free throws. He still hasn't missed. dude. It's insane. It's 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 arguably one of the most mind blowing stats I've ever seen. It's just what's his streak right now. I think he's on like 85 87? free throws. Like Are you serious? Yeah, in the playoffs. In the playoffs without a miss. I think it is. And I don't know if that's for fourth quarter and overtime run on because I've heard I've heard both. I've heard both yeah, people say yeah. like for the playoffs and then I've heard people say for the fourth quarter, but it doesn't matter. Regardless, it's a crazy stat. It blows my mind that the man does not miss a free throw because it's just, I mean, it's the reason, I mean, me and Nick were talking about it earlier. It's the reason why you know, Denver's not in the, in, in the finals. It's the reason, or at least in the Western Conference finals. And, you know, you can make a strong argument that it's not, it's the reason why Milwaukee's not in the finals right now. Um, and just seeing these two teams just shoot the lights out of free throws, it's really, it just shows why these two teams are in the finals. And I, I think it's going to be a really interesting series. And, you know, obviously we're super excited, but it truly, truly comes down to every single play. So, uh, 
yeah, it's my little stat of the day I thought I'd share. But um, yeah, look look to that, man. I, I want to see him hit 100. I just found a, a website, currycount.com. It counts how many free throws. It says we keep track every day as Stephen Curry pursues the all-time NBA free throw percentage record, which he actually has now. I think he just passed Steve Nash for the all-time NBA free throw percentage. Damn, hey, that's that. crazy. It just goes Imagine to show, hitting. man, every single thing that happens in an NBA game, it matters, man. It really does. You miss a free throw in the third quarter up four. Guess what? That that free throw matters. I mean, it's just, it's going to be great. Can't wait. I'm going to put a little bet on the on the Raptors. So, uh, so yeah, man, go Raptors game two. But uh, see how it goes. All right. Well, I think let's wrap it up here. Again, I'm Nick. I run Cowboys Wave. And Broncos wave on Instagram, and then you guys can shut yourselves up. Wave on Instagram. Uh, uh, greatest highlights on Facebook. Check it out if you haven't. But um, yeah, man, excited. Have a, have a good day, man. Sixers yeah. wave okay. on IG. Sixers Army on YouTube. Um, and before I go, I just want to say Joel Embiid is better than Nikola Jokic. All right. We got some clickbait now. All right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. we'll try and come back to this next week. Maybe game five stuff. The weekly thing. There. Yeah. Jokic versus Embiid stuff. So next weekend, look forward to it. All right. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate Peace out. you. Yeah. See you, man. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace.